You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, 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 brothers and sisters, you are stuck with me, and I'm happy about it. This is Father Craig Vosick, your host, Real Presence Live, coming to you from the University of Mary, Bismarck, North Dakota, and I'm going to talk to you uh, about something that is so fundamentally important and completely misunderstood, a word that people don't get, I think, most of the time. The word is called prayer. We're going to talk about this, but before I get into that, uh, since I'm at the University of Mary, I was blessed to receive a volume uh, just in the mail. It's a hardcover, very handsome, uh, by a priest of the Diocese of Bismarck, Father Wayne Sattler, uh, and it was published by the University of Mary Press just a few days ago, it seems, and it is on the topic of what we're... I haven't read one page of it. I mean, I've looked at the outline and table of contents, but that's it. It just came out. And the book is called, And You Will Find Rest. And then the subtitle, which is awesome, What God Does in Prayer. That is awesome. What God Does in Prayer. And we're going to... I I didn't... I'm not trying to steal anything from Father Sadler, but I'm going to talk about that reality during these 30 minutes because... I think we have a fundamental misunderstanding that when someone says prayer and someone hears the word prayer, they have two, maybe three or ten very different ideas that come into their mind that there might be a miscommunication of what's trying to be said. So, first of all, I just want to get to that, but then I'm going to talk to you about how awesome my silent retreat was and how beautiful prayer can be because I had a really blessed time of prayer. And that's not kudos to me, that's kudos to the Lord, because the Lord is the one who does all the work. And you might be like, what is he talking about? What do you mean the Lord does all the work? Well, that's why we're going to have a little chat. I even took off my sandals, rolled up my sleeves, and I'm sitting here with my my cup of coffee in my University of Mary mug here. And I just want to share with you during this segment uh, about all of this and these realities. So first, first things first. First things first. Um, what I'm going to talk to you about is called gospel prayer. Um, it can also be called imaginative prayer. Um, and so when we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, these are the four books of the New Testament that recount the life of Jesus Christ. Um, these are four out of 73 books. And so the entire New Testament, the four uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, talking about the life of Jesus from his infancy to his ascension. Uh, and then the rest of the New Testament is reflection, further reflection by Paul or others on the early church or on uh, the theology of what Jesus was about. Um, but the, if you really want to encounter Jesus, when you read the Bible, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So many people... Uh, don't even don't even grasp necessarily that. I mean, this is so, and when I say so many people, I'm not trying to lump you into that group. Maybe you're smart and you're awesome because you're listening to Real Presence Radio, and so you're really smart and you're really awesome. But a lot of people, when they look at the Bible, they are like, wait a second, what is that thing? I've never opened it. Or I've opened it a couple of times, but I don't know my, my way around it. Um, there are 73 books in this thing. 46, the first two-thirds of it are all stuff that happened before the time of Jesus. Uh, and then you get, after you get two-thirds through it, then you find the gospel, the first thing in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four little books. I mean, they're like not that many pages, very short. You can read through the gospel of Mark in an hour. 
uh, and you get the whole story of Jesus. And then after that, as I mentioned, is the rest of the writings of Paul and others. Uh, so what I'm talking to you about today, what I'm talking about prayer, is I'm going to be talking about that. Um, so I want to make sure you grasp that first. That I feel, this is my opinion, but it's the, also the opinion of the church, so that's a pretty heavy opinion, <laughs> is that this, the sacred scriptures, the Bible, the sacred scriptures is the soul of theology, and it is the soul of the spiritual life. Okay, soul, uh, I'm not talking about the soul of your foot, S-O-U-L. The animating principle of theology is the Bible. The animating principle of the spiritual life of prayer is the Bible. All right, it's not the soul, S-O-L-E, of the spiritual life, so it's not the only thing but it is the very animating principle. And so when I want to talk to you about prayer, I want to talk to you about the Bible and engaging the Bible in prayer. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to say is that we need to become literate with the Bible. Gospel literacy is essential. Essential. Gospel literacy is essential. Bible literacy is essential. And what I mean by literacy, I don't just mean, do you know how to read? Could you read the Bible if you wanted to? I don't mean that. I mean that you grasp it, that you understand it, that when you open it up, you're not confused by it, that you can move around. If, I, if I'm in Matthew chapter 5, and then I say, okay, now jump to Philippians chapter 2, you know which way to go. You're like, okay, which way do I go, left or right? Well, left is the Old Testament. Philippians is the letter of Paul down the road to the right. You know, like, this is what I want to make sure that people understand. We need this. Because what if God, when you're praying, says to you, hey, I know you're here in Matthew chapter 5. Now move to Philippians chapter 2. And you're, and you're like, uh, f- where's the Philippines? <laughs> it's not, we're not talking about We're not talking about the Philippines. We're talking about the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, right? So we have to be able to have a literacy of the sacred scripture so that we can understand what the Lord wants to speak to us. And Jesus himself says that the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance, the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance the things that he wants us to know. How is he going to bring to your remembrance something that you've never read before? It's not possible. I mean, he can do it. But that's not bringing to your remembrance. That's bringing to your attention for the first time, right? So this is the first thing I want to state in this in this segment on prayer is my my uh, fundamental concern uh, for you and for all of us that we need to be steeped in the scriptures. We need to know the Bible inside and out. We need to be able to open up and, and be in the Gospel of Matthew and then move to this other passage and be like, oh yeah, and that reminds me of James chapter 2. Oh, and that reminds me of Revelation chapter 1. Oh, and that reminds me of something that King David said in Psalms. Oh, and that reminds me of... And so that when something happens, I can move all, to many other places in the scriptures to kind of round that out or to flush that out or to bring context to whatever that thing might be is that I'm thinking about or pondering or praying about so that there's an activity. This is gospel literacy. This is Bible literacy so that the Holy Spirit can work with me. The Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is trying to work in my heart. And so there's a common text here, a scriptures, uh, that the Holy Spirit wants to make use of uh, as I pray.
All right, so this is the first thing that I want to say, even before I talk to you at all, about my experience of prayer, because you just won't be able to grasp what I'm going to be talking about if you don't understand that, uh, that I was sitting and I was reading the Bible, and I was moving around from this place to that place, and these things were coming alive. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to say. There's a couple more intros that we need to do before I get into what I want to talk about. <laughs> you're like, what? If you're just tuning in, uh, Father Craig Vosick, your host, I'm taking a moment to rant. A 30-minute rant. No, it's not a rant, but it's a discourse uh, where I share with you uh, about contemplation, uh, where I share with you about deep spiritual prayer, where I talk to you about uh, deep union with God, um, and we need to get some context for all of that. So here, prayer, what is it not? Because I'm, I want to talk to you about prayer. Prayer, what is it not? Or what is it not only? I have to get rid of these things to dispel these things from people's minds first before we talk about it. Because I say, oh yeah, I was praying. And if you can picture me if I say, I'm praying, what comes to your mind? Father Vasek says he was praying. Bring to your mind what that looks like. Just for a moment. Father Vasek said he was at prayer. What does it look like to you? What, what image comes to mind? Well, maybe you're like, well, he's a priest, so he's probably wearing vestments standing at an altar. Okay, that's true. I do that from time to time. Or, okay, he's a priest. He's wearing black clerics. Uh, he's kneeling down on a kneeler. He has a rosary in his hand, and he's kind of just being quiet with his head kind of bowed in silence. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a thing. I mean, people do kneel down and pray the rosary. Okay. That's not what I'm talking to you about today. Those things are great. But I want to get rid of some thoughts on what prayer can only be. Because there's more to prayer than just these things that come to our mind. So, what is prayer not only? Prayer is not only reciting a few memorized prayers. Alright, so like think of, uh, I'll just give you an example. My brother, my brother uh, and sister, they have kids. My brothers and sisters have kids. They uh, put a, plop them down at the end of the day, and they say memorized prayers. And that's prayer. Beautiful. Uh, and so I love seeing my nieces and nephews. They've learned the Our Father, the Angel of God, the Hail Mary, the Glory to the Father, uh, these different prayers. I'm so happy to be able to, to do those prayers with them. But that's not all that prayer is. So if the only thing that comes to your mind is, wow, he went on a silent retreat for five days. How many memorized prayers does he know? <laughs> well, I might know a lot, but I didn't say that many. Uh, because that's not only what prayer is. Prayer is not only the reciting of a few memorized prayers. Because if that's all the prayer was, five days of that would absolutely be killer. That would, and I mean like harmful. It would be hard. <laughs> It'd be very taxing. Okay, I got to go through these 75 novenas today. Woo, that's tough work, you know, something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. What also is prayer not? Prayer is not only praying for people that you love or that you're concerned for. So uh, this is another thing that my family does really well. Um, uh, like at the end of the day, one of my family is like, okay, who do you want to pray for? And so each kid of the four kids will go, well, I want to pray for mommy and daddy, and I want to pray for my brother and my sister, and I want to pray for our dog and our cat, and I want to pray for my teacher, and I want to pray for Father Craig. It's really cute when they do that when I'm there, and so they want to pray for me that day. I don't know if they pray for me every day, but they pray for me when I'm around, which is really beautiful. Um, so when you pray for people that you love and you intercede for them, that is prayer. But that's not all that there is in prayer. Okay? There's, something, there's something even more than that. So I get off my five-day silent retreat, 
And someone sends me a text, one of my athletes from the university, and the athlete says, Father, I know you just got done with your retreat, so if you're not too tired of praying for people, could you please pray for my brother and for this other thing that's going on? As if, I mean, not that, not that the athlete really thought this, but the way that the athlete wrote this was, if you're not sick and tired of praying for people after your retreat, can you please pray for this person too? As if that's what I was doing the entire time, as if that's the only thing that I was doing, and as if if I did that for a few days, now after I'm done with my retreat, now I'm sick and tired of praying. If that's what a retreat is, is a time to go away and do things that you don't like so that at the end of it, you're sick and tired of it, that's a terrible retreat. Now, that's not what this person meant, but maybe that's what's in people's minds. You know, like you just pray for people for five days and you get sick and tired of it. You can't wait to get off retreat so you can actually do something that's fun again. That's not a retreat at all. That's not a retreat at all. What else is prayer not? (laughs) Father, when are you going to get to talking about what prayer is? Well, I don't know. Uh, Prayer is not simply corporate action. What does that even mean? Being with your brothers and sisters at Mass, and you stand, and you do the confiteor, you sit, and you listen to the reading, you stand, you say the creed, you stand and say the Our Father, you kneel while the priest is praying. Corporate action, that is prayer, and it's the highest form of our liturgical church's prayer, but that's not only what prayer is. All right, one last thing that prayer not, not, is not only. Prayer is not only the recitation of the Holy Rosary a devotion or any other of these devotions. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful devotion. But prayer is not only that. So when I say the word prayer, okay, in the next 15 minutes when we come back after break, I'm not only talking about memorized prayers. I'm not only talking about interceding for people that I love. I'm not only talking about the corporate prayer of the Mass. I'm not only talking about devotion and and reciting the Rosary over and over again. So stay with us. Because I'm going to come back after this break and I'm going to share with you what prayer can be. Uh, Not that these things were bad, but what prayer can be over and above or personally and and magnificent experience of the transcendence and, and beauty of God. So stay with us. We'll take a short break and I'll talk more about what prayer is after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. Easter greetings. This is Steve Sponskowski. I hope you are all safe and well. It has been a great joy to serve as Executive Director for Real Presence Radio for just over 13 years. It has been a very blessed time for my family and a great opportunity to learn to serve and trust. Our family has discerned that the Lord is calling us to step out on the water in faith and follow Him. Where that will lead, we do not yet know, but we are beginning our search. I am working on a transition plan with our Board of Directors, and Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for the position of Executive Director. It is a very rewarding opportunity for somebody with a great love for the Church, evangelization through radio, and a proven skill for leadership. For more information and a job description, call us at 701-795-0122 and ask for Brittany, or email brittany at realpresenceradio.com. 
thank you for all we have been able to accomplish together, and thank you for your continued prayers for Real Presence Radio and our family. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All righty, everybody, Father Vasek, continuing as your host for this broadcast of Real Presence Live. I'm talking about what prayer is not so far because I want to talk about what prayer can be, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I mean by the word. Last thing that prayer is not, prayer is not uh, simply uh, the emptiness of being quiet uh, because that sounds really boring. It's not just trying to be still. It's not uh, simply or at all sometimes, stretching so that I can be in touch with myself. Um, and prayer is not the most boring thing imaginable. <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure you understand that. All right, so what, what prayer can be and what prayer was for me on my most recent retreat, uh, a, a dynamic conversation with God, a back and forth with a divine being, a journey of great excitement. Prayer can be a story that is unfolding with great intrigue and drama. All right, so this is what I want to talk about now. Uh, and I want to use an analogy. So talking about what prayer can be, a uh, form of prayer, in particular imaginative gospel prayer, which is when I, when I go into the gospel and I read a passage and I'm with Jesus and I'm watching him uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I enter into that. I want to use the analogy of a movie. The analogy of a film. Not, not a particular one. You can think of any one that you want, but I mean simply watching a film. So picture yourself going into a cinema or going into your living room, turning on the TV, or going before a screen, you're sitting before a screen, there's previews, and then all of a sudden a film comes on. What are you doing there? What are you doing? This is the analogy I want to use because this is a good one for imaginative prayer. What are you doing when you're watching a film? You're doing nothing, okay? You're doing nothing. You're sitting there. You're sitting there and you're sitting still. And if you don't sit still, people say, shh. You know, you get that thing if you're in the theater. You're sitting there. You're doing nothing. You're sitting still, but you're paying attention. And what happens when you're sitting still, doing nothing, paying attention? What happens? You are taken on a ride. You are taking on a journey. And what do you do in the midst of that while you are doing nothing and sitting still and paying attention? What happens? Nothing exterior. You don't move your hands necessarily. You're not running around. You're not, you're not talking to people. You're not doing any of that. But what happens? There is an entire dynamic reality that takes place inside of you. Right? Unless you're weird and you're like, nothing happens when you watch a movie. But this is what happens when people watch movies. 
you you engage it you uh, you move with the people in your in your mind and in your heart you you engage what they're up to you you're responding within yourself uh, you might even make an an exclamation out loud because it's just so much inside of you and you make decisions about what's happening and but you question what's going on and, and you ponder the characters and and there might be fear or there might be rejoicing or you might laugh or you might even cry as you're taking on this journey and what are you doing you're doing nothing you're doing nothing and it's not even real okay what do i mean by it's not real you you don't even know these people um and it's not actually happening to your life you're watching a fictional oh no father that was a biography and it was a true story oh, fine 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 but you're sitting in front of a screen doing it okay that's my point that i want to make here and i want to make that analogy with prayer when you go to a film you're sitting there doing nothing and an entire reality unfolds inside of you Okay? So you don't have to be making use of all of your external senses and running around to, uh, to have an experience. Same thing with prayer. So what, what took place when you were watching that film is that something outside of you, the screen, was presented to you. And one or more of your external senses took it in. So your eyes saw it, your ears heard it, and maybe even there were some vibrations, and so your body, the sense of feeling, took it in. Those are your external senses. Your external senses drew something inside to you, and then what happened? Was it done? No, that was only the beginning of what took place. Because what took place then was that all of your internal processes took over. Your intellect, your imagination, your understanding, your emotions, your desires. So this is your intellect and your will, your internal senses. They were engaged and stimulated by this external reality and then you engaged it, but you didn't do anything else. Nothing was happening outside of you. So imagine that for a film and now translate that entire thing that I just said to the life of prayer. That's more what I'm talking about than anything else that I said that prayer is not. And if you're like, Father, I'm confused. Are you saying prayer is more like watching a movie than, than like kneeling and uh, holding rosary beads? Well, I'm just saying it's another uh, and pretty dynamic reality and it's possible. Okay? Uh, so that's what I want to talk about now. In prayer, I can sit, I can do nothing, and I can pay attention. Just like at a film. And I can read a passage of scripture. In particular, I can read a passage of the gospel of Jesus. And as I take in that, that external reality, the word, and I bring it in through my eyes, it now is being brought into my intellect and my imagination and my understanding. And it can engage my heart, my feeling, my desire, my will. And now the external stimuli, which I could be a movie or it can be the reading of scripture and the, t the gospel of Jesus, I can bring that into myself and I can allow that stimulation to begin unfolding something uh, so extraordinary. So I want to give you some examples. You might, if you've done this kind of thing, you might say, well, that sounds a lot like Lexio Divina. It's exactly like Lexio Divina, where you read a passage and you ponder it. You allow it to come into your head and into your heart and you just sit with it. But you engage it and it becomes real. So here's what I want to say about this. 
gospel prayer, when I read a passage of Jesus, the life of Jesus, let's say Jesus is walking on the sea and I'm sitting in a boat uh, with the other apostles and we're starting to sink and we're petrified. Um, uh, I'm kind of blending something. Yeah. So anyway, let's say Peter, he's in the boat and he comes out of the boat and he's walking on water and Jesus is walking on the water. That, if I just read it as if it were a book, it's going to stay just distant and historical. And it is. I mean, it is historical. But because God is outside of time and space, and because he's a creator of all things, he can use that reality and he can actually draw me into that reality and allow me to participate in it as if I were there the time that it happened. And it's not just pretend because God created everything and he is outside of time and space. So he can collapse time and space. If he wants to, he could transport me to 32 AD uh, Galilee and he can do it easily. And he does that when I pray or when you pray. So, um, and it becomes something so meaningful. So I'll just give you some examples. When I went on my, my retreat, um, and I, and I read the scriptures three or four times a day, I went and I just, and I spent in focused prayer reading, reading the new Testament, reading the gospels. You might think, okay, three or four times he sat down and read, uh, the historical word of God. Well, no three. Yes. But three or four times I went and entered into a divine cinema. Uh, I went and I allowed God to play the movie of the Bible and draw me into it and as if I were living it. And in fact, I was living it. This is what I'm talking about with prayer, brothers and sisters. Prayer can be uh, an adventure where I'm taken out of where I currently am and I'm drawn into the very life of Jesus and I get to travel around with him. So I'll give you just a couple examples. I'll give you my first prayer example. And they got even more rich than this throughout five days of retreat. I had like 17 or 18 times of prayer that I recorded in my journal. The first time I sat down and I decided to read, I think it was Luke chapter 10. And I was sitting there and uh, in Luke chapter 10, uh, Mary and Martha, you know the, the famous story, Mary and Martha. Mary is at the feet of Jesus and Martha's working. So I just said, Jesus, I want to come and I want to sit at your feet with Mary. And so I read Luke chapter 10 uh, and I was sitting there and I was reading about sitting at the feet of Jesus and I just started to imagine because now I'm taking the Bible text and now I'm allowing it to penetrate my intellect, my imagination and my understanding and my affection, my desire, my will and my, uh, so my intellect and my will, my internal senses are being engaged and I asked the Holy Spirit to prompt something and he drew me in and guess what? It was as if I left where I was and now I was actually sitting at the feet of Jesus. I saw him sitting. It wasn't on a chair. It was just kind of on this, I don't even know what it was, but he was sitting there and I was truly sitting at his feet and Mary left the room and it was just Jesus and I. And then he started to speak to me. Now this was no longer Luke chapter 10. I was now living it and he was speaking to me and he said, here's what I want to share with you. He said that he and the father are one. He told me that I and my father are one. Then he also showed me his transfiguration. He started to glow uh, here. He also uh, told me that he wanted me to focus on things above rather than on things below. He also told me that um, he wants me to taste and see that he is good. And he also to told me that he willingly came to earth to reunite me to his father. These were five things, five prominent things, five really 
deep things that I was sitting there as he said them to me. I, like, I'm sitting there and I'm watching Jesus say these things to me. I'm not just pretending that these things happen. Like, I was actually there and it was actually happening. And then I recorded that afterward. And then I said, these are... These are, I've got to go pray with these. So I went and prayed with the transfiguration. Then I was there and he was transfigured. And I was really entering into it. It was, it was a movie. It was a cinema. And you might be thinking, you just have a really active imagination. Well, thanks be to God. He gave it to me and he inspires it. And this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit working for us. So brothers and sisters, that in a nutshell is what can happen. That's what prayer is not. Uh, it is not those hard things. It is not simply sitting still, but it is an active movie inspired by God for our deepening in prayer. I wish I had more time. I wish I had a whole hour, but I don't. We're coming to a break. Stay with us. we got great more content in the next hour. Real Presence Live, University of Mary.